Hello and welcome, funky listeners. Hello. Hi. That include that includes you, Kyle. Yes, because I listen to you. And I listen to you. And you listen to us, listeners. <laughs> we, every time we start this, it sounds like we're like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> the cult of listenership. How you doing, Kyle? I'm good. I I don't know what month it is anymore. Time is irrelevant. And so are pants. Well, one of those things has always been true. Yes. So, uh, with today's topic, Kyle, um, I'm hoping this will be an interesting conversation. The other night, I ended up randomly watching a video about uh, the Mandela effect. And it got me thinking, like, oh, I wonder if there's examples in the music world that we could talk about. There's actually kind of two similar concepts we're going to get into. Do you want to explain to the listeners what the Mandela effect is? Yeah. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, the Mandela effect broadly refers to a situation wherein a large group of people, uh, believes that an event occurred that actually didn't. Um, there's plenty of examples of this that we'll give, but the actual original, like, reason and name, actually, for this concept was coined by, uh, paranormal researcher Fiona Broom. Uh, who, quote, reported having a vivid and detailed memory of news coverage of South African anti-apartheid leader Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s. Mandela actually uh, died in 2013 after having served as president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. So, I guess a lot of people... uh, or attested to hearing reports that he died in prison. I want to say, I might be wrong about this, this is another effect of it, he was basically, like, released from prison upon being elected leader. Like, they elected him the leader Mm. of the country, and then they're like, well, we can't keep him in prison now, because he basically ran a campaign from prison. But I might be wrong. Our listeners can do the research, because we can't be bothered (laughs) to do it. Yeah, and in, in the video I watched, they explained a little bit of, like, why pe- a lot of people thought or, like, misremembered that he died in prison. It was, I think it was, like, he had bad health at the time, and there was, spe- mm. there was speculation that he might die while in prison, but that didn't actually end up happening. It's, it's funny to me that in a substantial period after he supposedly died, he was the president of South Africa. <laughs> so you'd think that people would realize it at some point. But yeah, I mean that like like I said, that's just you know the kind of uh, genesis of the concept of the Mandela effect. Uh, more broadly, it can be applied a lot to cultural phenomenon where people kind of collectively misrepresent mis misremember things that they think happened or didn't happen. Some kind of fun examples of things that people think are that in the nineties the actor and comedian Sinbad played a genie in a movie called Shazam, when in fact there was a movie called Kazam where Shaquille O'Neal played a genie that granted a kid wishes and he was also trapped in a basketball for some reason. I um, watched it a few years ago because I own it now for some reason. That, uh, 
That's awesome. <laughs> and I think he was in a boombox at least at the beginning. I don't. He might have gone into a basketball later. Okay. Yeah. No. I think you're right. I think I remember he was in like a non lamp. <laughs> he wasn't in a lamp or something. Right. I wonder if you're conflating it with the the basketball guy spirits in the basketball in Space Jam. I think I am. Oh my god! I'm starting my own Mandela effect right now. <laughs> Another example that has always confounded me because I think I pronounced it wrong from everybody else is the childhood series of books um the berenstein bears a lot of people thought that it was spelled berenstein or stain i don't know how to pronounce that with an a so s-t-a-i-n um i've been saying it wrong from everybody i've always called it the bernstein bears i don't even say baron (laughs) I never called it the Bernstein Bears, even though that's apparently what it's actually the the correct. Um, and it's one of those things where even the spelling of it, like people would be so um, convinced that no, no, it's it's E I N. I'm not I'm A-I-N, guessing. And I'm guessing it's, to look at it now. I'm guessing it's because a lot of last names end in E I N or Steen, even or Stein, right. whatever you pronounce it. So maybe a lot of people just assumed. Okay, people's names end in that. It must be that because S T A I N is a lot more uncommon. Yeah, uh, I think that's the generally accepted like reasoning for that. That one. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one that I found that kind of blew my mind was everyone assuming that the uh, main character from the, mo- the movie, the main character from the game <laughs> Monopoly, the Monopoly Man, uh, has a monocle. And apparently he doesn't. Yeah, I looked back and tried to see, like, because, like, people will mock up, like, oh, this is what he would look like with a monocle. Mm -hmm. And actually, I feel like it looks more normal without it. So I don't know if I've probably at some point in my life have misattributed that to him. But um, my guess, and this is probably where I got it from, is a lot of people were kind of morphing him with the peanut man because the peanut man did uh, have a monocle and he was fancy and he had a cane and he had a top hat. So maybe it's like one of those things like you can't have a cane and a top hat without a monocle. It's not fancy enough. That's the the first rule of capitalism. Exactly. You're issued a monocle once you reach like five million dollars in net worth. Or ten million peanuts. <laughs> um, the last one you wrote here, and, and listeners, just to clarify, these are the examples we're getting giving before we get into the music part of it. Yeah, these are just cultural examples. These have nothing to do with music. Um I, you wrote down Luke, I'm Your Father was not in The Empire Strikes Back. I didn't know that. Well, I kind of I kind of was being cheeky about it. The, the line, Luke, I am your father, is not actually the line he said. All he said was, no, I am your father. Uh, oh, he, never, he never stated his name before saying that. It's just, for whatever reason, people kind of put those two lines together. Huh. That's interesting. Um... So yeah, it's just like a little like people kind of miss everyone misremembering that line, which I guess ties ties into what we're about to talk about. Yeah. So as I started to look into like the Mandela effect plus music, a lot of the examples I found online were people like misremembering lyrics, and but then then that triggered a memory um, in me where I had years ago learned about this concept called the Mondegreen, which is basically. The, the phenomenon when you mishear lyrics and you think that they're saying one thing, but they're actually saying something else. Um, 
And I think the the line between these two concepts is very blurred. So we're kind of just bundling them into the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, I originally learned about this through... I've probably mentioned it once or twice on this podcast in the years past. Um, the My direct inspiration for this podcast was another podcast called uh, Stuff from the B-Side, which was like Stuff You Should Know, which is a huge podcast, listeners. But it was like a music offshoot of that podcast. Hmm. And I don't think it was the same hosts. I don't remember. I It might have been out of circulation by the time we started this show. Because I know it's been gone for a long time. Um, yeah, it's not on Spotify. That's a shame. Yeah. I I want to say ended in the early teens-ish. Um, but they, they had a really good format of just like exploring different concepts of music. And that was like the strongest inspiration for us to start this podcast. Um, and I think we've gone like several times over longer than they ever did. Um, <laughs> but one of the episodes I remember listening to of that podcast was about the concept of the Monda Green and common examples of here's a lyric that everyone thinks that they're saying this, but they're actually saying this other thing. Um, and so I, I thought that it would be interesting to kind of, like I said, mix this with the Mandela effect. I think large. I think all the examples we have are uh, misremembered lyrics. Uh, I have. One uh, you might have it, one that's not. Yeah, um, I have one where it's like not a misremembered lyric, but it's like a a song that everyone thought was one band, but was actually another. Which, like okay. I said, that could almost be an episode in and of itself if we ever feel like exploring that further. Right. So yeah, Kyle, I think we can go back and forth between our picks. Um, so if you want to start with one of yours. Yeah, uh, the first pick I found was uh, pretty interesting and actually a, a bit risque. Um, it's a misremembered lyric from the uh, Spinners song, One of a Kind Love Affair. Um, I know we've covered the Spinners plenty of times on this show. We've talked about them a lot, so we don't have to go into depth about them. Um, mm. The lyric that was often misheard was people thought that uh, towards the end of the song, he was saying, quote, you just gotta fuck her, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> considering it's the early 70s, and that was one of the seven dirty words you still couldn't say on television or radio, um, they probably would have gotten in trouble if that were the lyric. Uh, the actual line is, uh, he says, makes you want to love her, you just got to hug her, yeah. But the way he says it kind of leaves room for interpretation. Um, yeah, this is one I completely forgot about. Like, this is one that I I think I was aware of like years ago, but I completely forgot about this. And I have legitimate. I think I learned about it because I think I heard I when I went listening to the song, I heard it as the more explicit version. I was like, they can't be saying that. I wanted. Mm-hmm. I like. I want to go look up what they were actually saying. Um, yeah. But that's pretty funny. Uh, it, it does sound like it. I mean, it, it absolutely yeah. does. Yeah, I, I have a little clip here. Uh, we can play the, the line for the listeners so they can judge for themselves. So the funny story about this is that. The the band was actually aware of this. Oh. Um, so essentially what happened was 
the uh, the late lead singer of the band, uh, Bobby Smith, was actually kind of annoyed by this this sort of Mondegreen effect mm. because it actually forced them to re-record this part of the song. Oh wow! Um, because I guess what happened was, you know, some disc jockey somewhere on one of the stations uh, broadcast that the, that saying that the line was, "I just want to f her, fuck her." Uh, so because because someone put that out there, their their record label was like, "Oh no!" So they actually had to go back and re-record that line to be more explicitly not that. That's annoying. So I think this is was the only was the only example I could find where like the band was aware of this sort of mishap, and they actually had to correct it, and it wasn't just like a cultural faux pas. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. If- I've I've ever heard of an example of where the band was actually affected by it. Yeah, so I thought I thought that was that was pretty interesting. That's cool. One of the examples I chose um, is from the Bee Gees, uh, their song "How Deep Is Your Love," um, which I think, if I remember right, I think we talked about this song in like our very first episode. That sounds. It's. I mean, I know I talk about the Bee Gees a lot, but this particular song sounds familiar. So. Yeah, it's one of their more crooning songs um not one of their i think this was before they really got big in like the disco scene and all that um Mm -hmm. but toward the beginning they say um how deep is your love how deep is your love i really need to know but then that's actually most people think that's what they're saying but the, the real line is i really mean to learn and i have a couple of comments on this but let's play a clip first So it's it. I mean, hearing it in the video, it's fairly explicit that they're saying, "I really mean to learn." Yeah. But it may it may just be one of those instances where, you know, not having the song in front of them, people misremember it as something else. Yeah, I think, and that seems to be the case in a lot of even even examples we won't be talking about in this episode. Of if you listen to it, it's actually fairly clear that's not what they're saying, but. Either people misremembering it or not, or not just paying very close attention. The more common remembrances, I really need to know. Um, I also saw it mentioned that part of the reason for this may also be that I really mean to learn is just a weird sentence. Yeah, so, which would contribute to people not remembering it correctly. I, I wonder if that, I mean, I'm sure it is, but I, I think that's a case a lot of the times where a lyric maybe is just kind of awkward, so people kind of fill in the blank with something that they think makes more sense within the context of the song. Right. Um, but yeah, I really mean to learn is kind of, it sounds like something that like someone who speaks English as a second language would say. <laughs> um, fun fact with the Bee Gees, um, apparently the in front of Bee Gees as their name is also in itself um, a Mandela effect thing um, where mm-hmm. it mostly they're just, re- they're officially just Bee Gees, Whereas most people call them the Bee Gees. Apparently some of their early um, albums did say the Bee Gees, but most of them don't. It just says Bee Gees. So that might be contributing, but I, I think that there are a lot of other bands that have kind of a similar thing. 
Yeah, like bands that people put the word the because it makes sense, but they don't actually like have that as their official name. Yeah, like I think uh, uh, the Eagles is a big example of that as well. They mentioned it's just it's Eagles. Just Eagles. Yeah. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> Anytime a band has a, like a plural noun as their name, you should put the. It's just grammatically correct. Right. Uh, no, I always thought it was the Bee Gees. I've never, I, and the sad thing is, I think I have a couple of Bee Gees albums. Mm. I've never thought to call it call it just Bee Gees. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Peter. Do you know what a website is? No. It's a thing on the internet, and you can go there, and it's fun. Is that where I can find things to do? Yes, that? you can find things to do there. <laughs> uh. GetYourFunk.com is a website for funk radio, and there are, you can find our, our episodes there, and you can listen to them, and you can download them, and we have a tip jar. Do you like money, Kyle? I love money. Well, people will give us money there at GetYourFunk.com. Yay! <laughs> Do you have a favorite episode of funk radio? I like the one about butts. Well... At getyourfunk.com, you can use the search bar and type in butts, and it'll pull up our episode that we did a while back about butts. Yay! And now back to our previously scheduled content. So, the next one I have kind of ties in a little bit, um, in that it's R&B and it's the 70s, um, is, I don't know if we've ever talked about him in our, um on funk radio before the r&b artist dobie gray uh and no it's not dobie like the house elf from harry potter <laughs> uh i don't think we have yeah he's kind of a one-hit wonder but um he has a pretty famous song that came out in 73 called drift away and there's a line of the song that a lot of people remember as give me the beach boys and free my soul but the actual <laughs> lyric is give me the beat boys and free my soul i have a little uh clip here we can play for the listeners really quick it, i can see how it can go either way it's but uh, especially if you're kind of you know hearing it quickly The funny thing about this song is it's almost kind of a personal, uh, separate Mandela effect in that I didn't know that this was a black R&B singer singing this. I always thought this was like a kind of country rock song. Well, so I'm looking it up right now because I don't know who sang it. Apparently, Uncle Cracker performed it in 2003. Yeah. So then part of me is like, exactly. I looked that up too. And then so part of me is like, am I remembering him singing it or am I just That's dumb? <laughs> Probably the version that I remember because this version sounds a little different and I had no idea it was this old. Yeah, maybe this is the version that I've always heard. Because I know there was a version on the radio when we were growing up. Yeah, so this might be kind of a separate not really Mandela effect, but like everyone attributes it to this one artist, but it was actually this other artist. Um, yeah. And in fact, it wasn't actually originally even sang by Dobie Gray. It oh. was actually a song written by Mentor Williams and originally recorded by country artist John Henry Kurtz. Uh, but then later it was given to soul singer Dopey Gray, who it became a surprise hit and became the, more, uh. the better-known version. 
So the, I know we talked about this on a previous episode before where like a cover ends up being more popular than the original. Yeah. This would also be, this also would have been a good example of popular songs that we didn't know were originally like some other genre. Yeah. Singers or something. Yeah. Cause I had no idea that this had that like history to it. Yeah. Me neither. Um, me neither. That's interesting. With, with the lyric itself, I've always heard it as give me the beat boys. I've never heard it as give me the beach boys. Um, Especially for the uncle cracker version. I can kind of see it because it's kind of, it's kind of hearkening back to, you know, an, an older time of music and rock and roll. So it's kind of like, give me that classic rock. Give me that beach boys. You know, mm, That makes sense. So I can kind of see where, where people fill that in. But um, I think you're right. I think I was always kind of remembering the Uncle Cracker version, but then in my head, thinking that the Uncle Cracker version was a lot older than it was, because like you said, he was big in the 90s, but the kind of canter of the song, we definitely made it sound like an older song. So in my head, I'm like, oh, that's probably some random, you know, rock person from the 70s. Right. This isn't one of my picks, but this is I, what we're talking about right now is reminding me of this. So one of the examples that they said in that podcast that about Mondegreens years ago, mm-hmm. um, one of the examples, apparently one of the big examples of a Mondegreen is the song Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer. <laughs> apparently most people think it's Hold Me, Close, Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. I kind of forgot that that's one of like the big examples. That's so um, funny. Um, there was a... I don't know how how this came about. There was a friend of mine in high school, and I don't remember the con- how the conversation happened, but somehow I ended up singing that line. Uh, but I said Tony Danza, and <laughs> then like that became their nickname for me for like the rest of high school. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Which kind of That's worked funny. because I was short, <laughs> but huh. I think I I think I like said said it, and so they called me like Tiny Danza or something. I don't remember. Oh it was God. it was really stupid. It was like a it was like a goofy nickname. It wasn't like a I don't know. It wasn't like a teasing thing, or it was just kind of like you know you have those weird conversations, and then it just turns into something like bigger than it is kind of thing. I think that was uh, pretty much all of college for us. <laughs> Touche. Uh, but that's yeah, funny. that's that's funny you mentioned that. That reminded me of that from high school because I'm old. We're uh, we're dredging up more stories from Kyle's past. Mm-hmm. It's taken us almost ten years, but putting <laughs> all the pieces together. I was gonna say, Funk Radio is basically a, a, a psychotherapy lesson. So my real next pick um, is the Eurythmic song uh, "Sweet Dreams Are Made of This." Which is, and this is kind of a weird example because, like, in the title, it clearly says made of this. But when you listen to the song, it's pretty clearly saying made of these. Mm. And it seems to be just the way that they decided to pronounce it in the song so that it worked with the rhyme. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like they wanted to say are made of this, but then they just kind of fudged the word to rhyme better. So then people thought they were saying these. Which is funny, because at that point, why don't you just... I mean, they both equally make them as much sense. You might as well just change the lyric. Yeah. In the first place. It's it, it's not like... Yeah, it's not like anything in the lyric has to be kind of grammatically correct anyways. You can say, are made of these, are made of these yeah. things. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it, made, it would make no difference and satisfy a lot of people. 
So the last one I have isn't uh, a misremembered lyric, but is actually a sort of song that everyone thought was sung by one uh, artist, but was actually sung by someone else. Like I said, there's probably dozens of these that different people can agree or disagree on, enough that we could probably do an episode on this in the future. This is just one that I picked because it's funny, and it's one that I definitely thought. Um, is the 90s song, um, I Swear. Um, it You know, in the early 90s, we've talked about this before, the early 90s, there was kind of that resurgence of crooning sort of uh, R&B boy bands, for lack of a better term. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of like, you know, harkening back to like the doo-wop of the you know early 60s and stuff. And... Boys to Man was one of the biggest of those groups. Well, there was a song that came out that was really popular in 1995 called I Swear by this band, All for One. Uh, it was so popular it actually won a Grammy. Uh, and it was top of the Billboard Hot 100 for 11 weeks. So, hugely popular oh, wow. song. To the point that, at the time, everyone knew it was by All for One. But, uh, as history marched on... They didn't really have any other big hits. So they kind of faded from like the cultural uh, zeitgeist, so to speak. So when a lot of people went back to listen to the song or remember the song, they presumed it was sung by Boys to Men because they were a much more overall popular group at the time. Right. So people kind of linked the two together, like popular song, popular group must have been by them. Uh, the funny thing is that All for One, despite kind of fading from popularity from the 90s, actually have been making music ever since, and they released an album back in 2015. Oh, wow. So, whereas I think Boys to Men bro- broke up. You gotta give them some credit for going on that long, even, you know, with that legacy of, like, maybe only having one hit song. Yeah. In the course of, like, 30, 40 years, you know? For sure. Um, clearly, you know, that's they're doing what they love you know it's interesting yeah it's always interesting to hear about then again another episode idea uh hear about artists that you think are like long since stopped making music but then you find out oh no they're still making music it's just not as popular anymore so you don't hear about it but yeah let's listen to a little clip of i swear and you can judge for yourself if this is boys to men or not So yeah, I mean, like I like if I if if I just heard this song and didn't see the music video or whatever, I absolutely would would have thought this was Boys to Men, and for a long time I just assumed it was. Um, but it is in fact all for one. Did you say I swear it was Boys to Men? I could have swore it was Boys to Men exactly. Um. So the last pick that I chose, um, technically you know still music, obviously, but not in the sense that we've been talking about so far. Um, it's the song "Hi Ho" from Snow White, and, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. From God, what was that? Nineteen thirty something. Um, that was the first Disney movie, right? Yeah, I think so. so. Thirty-nine or thirty-eight? I don't remember. Uh, Nineteen thirty-eight. Well, gosh, when it was sound film was not until at least mid-thirties, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, early thirties, mid-thirties. So that's why I think it was. One of the only animated movies nominated for an Oscar, if I remember. 
because it was so groundbreaking. Anyway, so the the song, as everyone knows, goes hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Apparently that's not the line. (laughs) I had no idea. I'm sorry, what? Apparently it's hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go. And if you listen to it, you're like, oh, I guess it is what it says. But it's it's interesting because like literally I've never heard it any other way. Yeah. Then it's off to work we go. And I think everyone believes that's what it is. So I don't know. Um, well, let's listen to a clip. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, it's home from work we go. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Maybe because of the over overbearing nature of American capitalism, we assumed that the happy dwarfs would be singing on their way to work because they wanted to be productive members of society, whereas <laughs> in fact they're singing to celebrate the end of their laborious day to be able to go home to their families and enjoy what little free time they have. They're they're singing because they control the means of production. Exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah, so this one um I'm I'm really this is a case where I'm really curious how long this misconception has lasted. Yeah. Because I mean this song is literally almost 100 years old and I would I would bet that people have misheard it for most of that time. And this is a case too where I'm curious if you know obviously as you go backward in time the quality of or like the fidelity of music isn't as sharp as it is today Mm. like today you might not mishear lyrics as much just simply because the fidelity of the music is so much higher quality now than it was 90 years ago yeah i see what you're saying like like the lyrics were more misinterpretable because the quality of the audio recordings wasn't as good Mm -hmm. yeah i i literally my entire life i've thought it was they were singing that they were going to work they were singing that they were leaving work this, yeah. It, in hindsight, I would have sang this song a lot more if it, if I known it was a song about getting the fuck out of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you, now you can play it every Friday. Exactly. Uh, that's it for me for, uh, I guess, Mandela slash Mondegreen examples. I don't know if you have any others, Peter. No, I mean, obviously we touched on a couple others that we hadn't written down. Um, and there, there are definitely other examples out there that we didn't get into. Um, I don't know. I just, I found this kind of interesting, just the idea of either mishearing or misremembering things uh, on a scale that it's not just you or your friends. It's actually like, like everyone, thousands of people. Yeah. Everyone kind of misremembers something. And part of the whole concept of the Mandela effect is that it's, it, it occurs across a large group of people that are like not related to each other whatsoever. It's like happening independently. In all these different places. Yeah, and that's the thing that kind of baffles me about it is like, does everyone just individually fill in the same blank with the same answer? Or is it like, culturally, we're kind of conditioned to come to that same conclusion? Like, the only other example I could think of that it's not really a Mandela effect, it's just kind of a, uh, an example of like, everyone suddenly doing the same thing for no reason is in the 90s when like all the kids would draw that weird s like they would doodle it everywhere and it was like some sort of i don't know what it was uh it was 
if you're a kid of the 90s, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's like the 90s S. And like everyone doodled that at some point on something somewhere. And like, so then every other kid did the same thing. But then all of a sudden it just stopped. No one was doodling it anymore. Speaking of that, did I ever send you the video that kind of explored the history of that S? No. What? Um, it's really interesting. I'll send you a link to it. Yeah, please but do. But fun fact, the same guy who did that video also did the video on the Mandela Effect, which I watched the other night. So, oh, I might um, actually. Is it like a YouTube dude? Yeah, I'll send you a link later, but um, cool. he has a couple of good videos. I don't know. I thought this was an interesting. Sometimes we get into more like conceptual, philosophical topics. I thought this was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, it is. It is super cool. Um, yeah, listeners, if you can think of any other mound of greens or mandela effects or misremembered lyrics or misremembered artists uh let us know um on our facebook page at facebook.com slash get your funk um that's funk with an n don't miss mishear it uh <laughs> you can listen to us where you're already listening to us now uh spotify uh other places that aren't spotify itunes i think all right thanks for listening listeners i'm sure you will listen again next time bye we love you